0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Overtime, which, as Ben says every week, is our weekly podcast where we go uh, deeper into the service, uh, the sermon from the past weekend, where we pick up the pieces off the cutting room floor. Which is, does he still say that, or he doesn't say it? I, I
1: think we learned that there's no cutting room floors anymore. Yeah, so it's all digital. So yeah,
0: it yeah. is digital. But I, yeah. Anyway, so glad you guys are here. This is episode 85. My name's Christian. I'm on staff here. And this is Pastor Josh. I'm y'all, Josh. Yeah. Y'all know him. He does a sermon every week. Uh, this is our weekly episode, uh, weekly podcast, where we just go deeper into what we talked about this last weekend. But before we jump into what we want to cover today, um, we wanted to just let you guys know of a couple things that we mentioned a little bit this past weekend, but we wanted to mention once again. The first thing is this. Uh, we have a CLC family message board on Facebook. It's not a fa- It's not a Facebook page. It's a Facebook group. Mm. And so we invite you to participate in that. That's where you can share about what God's doing in your life, you can share about community happenings, or if you just wanna learn about what's happening in the life of the church, uh, the way to get connected there is you actually go to clcfamily.church uh, clcfamily.church slash message board, and that'll bring you to a page with instructions to get that figured out and to join that page. And I'm trying to remember the other thing. The other thing that I wanted to mention too is masks. Uh, if you've been here in the last couple of weeks, you probably noticed that we're doing things a little differently. As many of you have probably observed earlier this month, there was uh, an update from the CDC um, about masks and stuff. And so we sat down as a staff and worked through that. And I'm pretty sure the elders, all y'all talked about it, right? All, and, of, all of y'all. Yeah, all y'all. All Yeah, y'all, everyone uh, mm-hmm. talked about that. And so where we're at, if you've noticed, that uh, if being here at the church, you probably noticed that master optional now. We're trusting that everyone will be an adult. Everyone will kind of make the decision that is best for them and respect those who might think or make a different decision. And so if you come to our service, there's no designated yeah. spaces anymore. You can sit upstairs, downstairs, with or without a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of trust you guys to make that decision. Um, and I think that's it. Am I missing yeah, anything? Yeah, there's
1: there? some actually some brand new news that uh, uh, Jeanette and Megan and our family ministry will be letting you know yeah, that yeah. Um, masks will also be optional for preschoolers. Yes. Still within school age, the amount of people we have in the room still requires us to not be able to socially distance as much as we like to. And so we're still asking masks and vo- uh, volunteers and kids in elementary school in a kids zone to wear masks. But I believe starting this week, yeah. uh, preschoolers and the teachers in there, those masks are optional. Jeanette has been sending information. You go to the family.church forward slash kids to get all that information we understand this is going to be in stages and anticipate over the next couple of weeks we'll continue to adjust those but masks are optional in our sanctuary you're welcome to wear one no judgment you're welcome not to no yeah. judgment and in kids zone elementary school so kindergarten through fifth in masks uh, preschoolers starting this week don't have to wear masks but we do need you to RSVP and sign up so we can make sure there's yeah. a slot for yeah,
0: <laughs> it's kind of exciting uh, listening to people actually sing for the first time in a while. So uh, we're going to jump in. We finished our series. I'm in this week. And the first question that I wanted to ask you actually, which is a very specific question, right how did you do without the fell board this week?
1: <laughs> you know, um, I, I once saw a, like a funny like interview with Matt Chandler yeah. at Village Church, one of the funniest people. And like the first question they asked and some like big, like really important things. And the question was, can you talk without your hands? No. Right? And I'm like, oh, that's you know so funny because Matt yeah. talks with his hands too. And uh, it's a little weird for me because yeah, I, I, I like um, the tactile. Uh, so, but I mean, for a decade I've taught without a felt board more two, or Two three, decades. So, so, yeah, but I, uh, I'm wrestling through right now because we got a new series called Better starting next yeah. week. And they'll basically be kind of choose your own adventure. One will be a good one, one won't be. Yeah. And so. I don't know if I'll bring the felt board back and have a side A, side B, or if we'll do something completely different. I like having something for a couple of reasons. One, because some of you are visual learners and so want to honor that, the way the Lord made you in that, and so want to offer you some visual stuff. And candidly, as people are kind of thumbing up through uh, Facebook, uh, actually seeing something visually would... Make them more likely to stop and listen to me what Jesus would want them to listen to as opposed to just seeing some weird dude on a stage with a shirt halfway tucked in. So, but yeah, it felt a little uncomfortable. But once I got, like, the first five minutes felt really uncomfortable. I I I I just go to the board. That's how I review. And just felt so exposed and vulnerable. (laughs) It's a good place to be sometimes, right?
0: (laughs) Anyway, I had to ask. Um, But yeah, we did finish our series. I'm in this week. It was seven weeks. Uh, And as you mentioned, we are starting a new series, which come out this Sunday. Check it out. Um, But uh, really big series. about people participating in the kingdom of God, would you mind just kind of, uh, for those who may not have tuned in this last week and just yeah. kind of uh, overviewing, hey, this is what the the last sermon was about. This is how we wrapped up the series. Yeah.
1: First, Maggie, thank you for saying that uh, you like the felt board. Yeah. You're welcome to chime in. We're kind of uh, keeping an eye on things on clcfamily.online.church yeah. when, and also the... The Facebook page so feel free to chime in I'd love to hear your thoughts about yeah. the felt board I personally want to bring it back but we'll see uh, I think we will at some point now the series itself is <laughs> it's kind of interesting because it's actually a really long series not as long as the, the number of episodes at 85 in this podcast yeah. But uh, about 46, 47 weeks into basically just slowly and methodically, orderly reading through the Gospel of Luke mm-hmm. to kind of uh, do what uh, Luke argued he wanted to have happen, which was that we could have certainty of things we've been taught about Jesus from Jesus. And we Jesus told about was the kingdom of God and so we've been slowly kind of reading through it and trying to really understand what the kingdom of God is what's yeah. the kingdom of heaven 92 times in the gospel but those terms show up kingdom of God kingdom of heaven and that certainly seems to be the thing that Jesus was really teaching about that the kingdom of heaven is near and you can be in in like all the way in and so seven weeks of trying to convince you it's time to lean in fully to really experience the kingdom of God. And that's what's so beautiful is that you could actually be all the way in on the heaven today. Not when you die, not when you get beamed up, not when Jesus comes back, none of those things. That the kingdom of heaven is present. Jesus made it present in his person and in the work of the Spirit in our lives. And so wanted you to experience that. So convinced you to be all in, which is interesting. We um in our staff meeting today. Uh, Megan Laff, who's brilliant and always does such a great job teaching the Bible, different people do devotions, and she talked about um, the difference between happiness and holiness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes desert seasons can help us in the... uh, When we think we just want to be happy, desert seasons can be a place to... Uh, to help you become holy, and I'm convinced that happiness is actually on the other side of holiness, which is why even this week I told you the big idea was that you can experience joy today uh, because it comes from hearing and doing what God says in his kingdom. So you want joy, you want blessedness, you want happiness. It all is found in leaning in fully to the kingdom, and so kind of the imagery has been the way that you help something burn really hot in a fire is you bring all the coals and you stack them up on top of each other, right? And the way that you make a fire, uh, you know, burn less or burn out is you actually separate all those pieces. And so what we've seen in a year of COVID is a lot of separation. And what's been really, really neat, in the most people in our building post-COVID this, this past Sunday, while people were still joining us online, many of you are at the beach and still joining us online, So you saw this group of people that are not separating, but leaning fully in. And so that's what the series is about, finding joy and happiness in the kingdom of God today, today, today. And so, um, what we saw was these disciples that were sent out in pairs of two. They bring back their buddies and people they find. And this group of 12 grows to a group of about 70. Jesus spends about six months with them. And then he splits them up in pairs and sends them back out. And what's so beautiful is they went out on a trip with nothing. You would have thought of being filled with stress and anxiety and pain and sorrow. But it literally said they returned with joy. Meaning, there's something about living in and participating fully in the kingdom of god that that's where joy is so what i believe for you what we talked about this past sunday what i think we'll camp out, on, camp out on again today is that joy 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 is available to you but the way that you find joy is only really in the kingdom of God. So lean fully in, experience the kingdom of God, hear from God, do it, do what he says and you too, I too, we too can have joy and peace and happiness and yeah. fulfillment.
0: Yeah, so um, you brought up a really interesting point as you kind of did start the conversation on joy, um, mentioning it's not contingent on our circumstances. And I think where we run into a rut a lot of times is uh, we think, uh, you know, finding faith or finding God will solve all of our problems and that they'll all go away. We'll experience happiness and joy and total bliss right now. Not that that can't happen. But but we've yeah. seen this experience with the disciples and right. through Megan's devotion yeah. this morning that that's not always the case. And so um
1: it's Yeah, you even commented. kind of seems like we we offer like this everybody signs up for this big hope but yeah. what we're really giving them in the beginning is a little bit of a desert season. Yeah. A little bit of that you kind of uh, there the idea that the gospel fixes all your problems the uh, the real reality, in the beginning, it seems to just create a bunch of new ones.
0: Yeah, so for for those of us who, maybe like myself, sometimes I suspect that joy means problem-free, can you help clarify that it's not contingent on our circumstances, and actually in very dire yeah. circumstances, we can experience joy? Because I think we have a hard time mm, reconciling those two things sometimes, so could you help us? Yeah, thanks for, for asking that? that,
1: because it actually is in my notes, I just didn't cover it this Sunday, I yeah. don't even know why, I only think it was like, oh, I didn't have time. But, like, that word joy, uh, it means um, rejoice Mm -hmm. because of grace. That's literally what the word, like, how it defines. So, when you see the word joy, that they return with joy, that literally means they are celebrating the experience of grace. Yeah. So, where do you experience grace the most? When you need it the most. in, In problems and frustration and when you've made a bad decision where... There seems to be no answers where you feel like you have no value, and then all of a sudden you get to experience the God of grace, mercy, yeah. and peace. So what they they actually what we know is that God Jesus told, sent them out with nothing. He told them not even to take an extra pair of shoes, no cloak, no wallet, no purse, nothing. Just gamble. Yeah, yeah, just just go out, right? Yeah. And so that would have been a place where they had lots of limitations, mm-hmm. but in their limitations they saw that God was limitless, right? Like they saw His salvation, and so that word joy literally means to to rejoice or celebrate as a result of seeing yeah. grace yeah. right And you know this like sometimes we have this big moment where something bad could have really happened you've done it you're texting and you shouldn't And all of a sudden you see a car and you pull off and then you're breathing deep you're like oh i shouldn't have done that but now all of a sudden you're going okay but i'm safe we're safe there's just something about that relief that comes from experiencing the grace that we don't deserve and yeah. so one of the real first steps of really experiencing God in this kingdom is first coming to terms with the fact that we don't deserve it. Okay. Right? It's where entitlement gets thrown away or burned up. Like we don't deserve it. Like that's when mm. I tell people a lot, and it's so rough that when like my kids will say it, they'll go, Well, that's not fair, and I'll go in my soliloquy of going, Well, you want fair? You want fair, you know it's fair, that you would die and burn in hell for all eternity. Because yeah. that's what's fair. I don't say it that way, and I don't say my kids. But really, anything greater than hell and damnation and punishment, it's actually God's grace to us. So when it's actually in the moments where uh, things are painful and we see God being loving and gracious and we experience peace amidst really bad circumstances. That's where joy can come from. And so, I mean, you know this, we know this, that some of the greatest... Intrigue to the gospel as the result of people seeing people in pain or suffering, you know, getting news about cancer or experiencing the loss of a loved one. And yet those people, us having peace in the middle of that, that's where the world goes. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And so when Jesus talks about that, he provides a peace that passes all human comprehension. That's what we're talking about here. So it's actually In the middle of moments where we come to our end, can't solve it on our own, there seems to be no hope or no future, and then all of a sudden God provides a way where there seemed to be no way. That's where you really experience joy. So this joy is the result of experiencing grace.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting, too, that you encounter the profound nature of joy probably best in seasons of difficulty and strife, perhaps, but you also, it's bigger testimony, to what God's doing and what God's up to. Um, So you also talked about how joy is a byproduct of the kingdom of God being here. Now, I know uh, you you address this pretty well throughout this series. A lot of times when we think of heaven, we think far off, beamed up when we die. Um, But this is kind of vernacular or phrases or an idea that maybe we don't encounter a lot that actually right now, beginning today, we get to participate in the kingdom of God. And guess what a byproduct of that is joy. So Can you help us understand the bridge between the two, how our participating in the kingdom of God brings about joy, and maybe with how our not participating in the kingdom doesn't lend itself to joy?
1: Yeah, so uh, this is where I would say 21st century Christian theology has really messed us up. Right? And so I grew up in this experience of, yep, you have pain and sorrow, you're going to have it, but get over it, one day you'll die. Oh, great. And then you'll you'll get to heaven and everything I mean, will be, be good. Be and I, yeah. so this is how we've presented it. And in some ways, that's really true. Like I would even say and still agree with this. For those of us who are followers of Christ, this is the worst world and the worst moments we'll ever experience yeah, in all eternity. Yeah. Right? Like uh, this is our hell. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know Christ, this is the best experiences they're going to have. Mm. So there's like this juxtaposition of right in the here and now this is the worst that Christians will ever experience. Yeah. And for non-Christians, this is the best it's ever going to get. And so you got one this you know, they've got a load and a limit and you got to, you know, all these different things. And so, but so we've talked about it that way and kind of gone, hey, you no know, heavens vacation. Hey, yay, they just got to heaven a little sooner. And I preach this and mean it like, for those of us who are Christ followers who go to be at the Lord, there's nothing you could do. Like, I couldn't convince my grandmother or grandfather to come back to this earth. Yeah. Right? At this point, they are fully experiencing everything they're wired yeah, for. Yeah. So we just have held at high value heaven, right? But the reality is when Jesus came to rule and reign... He didn't come to rule and reign sometime in the far-off future. He yeah. came to establish his kingdom now, and we know this. Literally, like, the big, you know, proclamation was repent, for yeah. the kingdom of God is near or at hand, meaning it's available to us now, which is so profound. And I, I'm, probably the book that's helped me the most in this is uh, N.T. Wright's Surprised by Hope. Surprised by Hope. Really, really uh, brilliant book. And he's a pretty heady writer, but it actually, this one's not too overwhelming in terms of the vernacular those kind of things but really the idea is that Jesus actually came to establish his kingdom now through his people which means every single day we are getting to live in the kingdom of heaven which means everything you do if the resurrection is real which I believe it is everything matters that flower you plant matters right that that debt you just paid off matters that meal you just made for that person matters because you are actually establishing heaven here on this earth. And so if that's the case, if that's the case, then then it would make sense that heaven, living in heaven, is where we experience the greatest joy and peace and hope. And I am very circumspect that the reason that many of us do not feel and experience the joy and hope that we should as Christians, and we actually feel shame about this, which is weird because the kingdom of heaven has no shame in it, right? Is that we don't understand that while we prayed the prayer and still struggle in this area, and I would say... That for all of us in, in, in some category, for many of us in a larger category than others, the reason we're not experiencing joy is because we're not living the way that we designed. That's why I mentioned the fish in a parking lot. Like a fish laying in an asphalt parking lot yeah. is not going to thrive. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, that... That fish was never made to live in a parking lot. Right? It was designed to be in the water. True. So any other place outside of the water is not going to be a place where a fish is going to thrive. And if you and I were actually built for a different kingdom in a different world, then it would it'd be the same thing. It'd be like we're fish on land, not living and thriving because the way we were designed was to live in the kingdom of God, walking with the Spirit, glorifying God in all of our moments. And that's where joy and peace and thriving really works because the designer made it that way. So don't have peace, don't have joy. Then there's something that's out of alignment in terms of how you're living and where the kingdom is. hear me? I'm not saying that you're not going to have problems or struggles. Oh, you will. And sometimes Jesus will allow those things on purpose so that we can, remember it's this, uh, rejoice because of grace. So there's something about that experience. So you're hardwired for the kingdom of heaven today, which is really, really nice because it uh, for those of us who live in the future and always think one day, one day, one yeah, day, yeah, it yeah. takes away that excuse and goes, nope, not one day, two yeah. is where it is. So.
0: Yeah, and actually I actually have my notes here. Today, 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 I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I think yeah. you said that uh, on Sunday. So there's now we're just kind of coming across that there's this disconnect. So maybe some of us uh, are like, hey, I want to participate. I want to experience this joy that you're yeah. talking about that speaks to my dire circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so uh, where does this passage that you walk us through, how does it kind of handle that, that disconnect between... Uh, perhaps those who want that but yeah. aren't experiencing it. Um, I even know uh, you mentioned uh, this this point of where the joy did come from yeah. for the disciples in this moment, that we, where the moment of connect was, was this realization of the book of life. Yeah. Not vernacular we use a lot nowadays, but yeah. would you mind kind of delving a bit more into that?
1: Yeah, so uh, what's really important, is, so you see, they uh, 17, they return uh, with joy. Sayings, so important. These are kind of the two big things that are brand new to me in sure. my, my, you know, late thirties. Yeah. The kingdom of God is. Here. Here now and some of how i participate in the kingdom of god has to do with what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like i did not hold at a high value the proclamation piece yeah. and we see it here they say jesus didn't says to his father out loud so there's something about what we talk about for a while as you hear about it then you think about it then you speak about it and as we speak about it it actually is brought about and now psychology is backing up what the scriptures have done for quite some time and so we see them celebrating and rejoicing and then Jesus says what he sees, which is Satan falling mm-hmm. like lightning out of out, out of the, from heaven right like so he's literally seeing this is what's happening. the enemy is losing and the enemy has lost in the kingdom of God. the enemy has no power or authority because you got two different kingdoms, kingdom of the earth, yeah. got a ruler reigning with you know evil authority and then you got the kingdom of God where Jesus is king and he has all the power and authority. So you see Satan fall and you know, and the power of Christ increase as a result. So he says that. And then he says in verse 20, Nevertheless... Which is a really important word of going, okay, they have joy, yeah, 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 they have joy. Now what's their joy in? Mm -hmm. It was the same thing that our joys in. When we have a good day, lots of joy. When you scratch that lottery ticket and you win a hundred bucks, lots of joy. When your kids graduate from college, lots of joy. When you pay off the credit card, lots of joy. When you you get married, lots of joy. And so we have all these moments that we go, those are the best moments. And he's going, no, 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 you don't get it because those things are second things as St. Augustine would say. And at some point, those things will fail you Mm -hmm. and if they don't fail. You, they can't forgive you, yeah. you know. So that these second things have become first things. So in this moment, it seems like these guys are going. We have authority, yeah. and that's a second thing. That's a second thing. Authority in the kingdom of God is a second thing, not a first thing. He says, no, no, don't rejoice in the second things. Rejoice in the first things, yeah. which is that you are in the kingdom forever, right? And so he says your names are written. And so what what we understand about that is that has to do with citizenship right and so we think about it and i've always joked about this that one day you'll get to heaven and you'll get up there and that'll be the thing and i even said this sunday like i used to try to give you the best comparisons i can of what infinity looks like Mm -hmm. versus this little small specs and i would offer all sorts of arguments to why it's not that big of a deal if we feel pain and i would just talk about mm, vaccinations or shots and literally i've sat with my kids and while they get stabbed with a big (laughs) a big like piercing you know needle right you know, yeah and yeah. they're looking at me alligator tears and i'm going this is good for you right yeah. they don't understand that like they're in deep pain or yeah. i would even talk about like awkwardly circumcision like yeah. how in the world do we do that to our boys yeah, right yeah. but there's but in light of a bigger picture we make those decisions yeah. right and so that has always been kind of the apologetic well yeah it stinks but one day it'll be better yeah. and that's how i've always communicated and that's how i've tried to always wrestle with it. Sure. going in light of eternity this fixes things but what I don't want to do is say in light of eternity, we'll look forward to something in the future. In light of eternity, that means we get to participate in eternity today. Yeah, and so, so Jesus so. is going, nevertheless, that's not what you're looking at. You're not looking at the moment you get to heaven yeah. and one day everything you're right. What you should see is your name is on my family tree,
0: yeah.
1: right? Like you are in the family. And so what you're rejoicing in is the fact that your identity is made complete in Christ, yeah. therefore, it's not about your performance. It's not about the things that you do or how are the things that you acquire. It's not about performance or acquisition. And so he's going, "Hey, that's really, really neat. Glad." But that's the second thing. Yeah. First thing is your name's written in the book. And so we even see that kind of correction from sure. Jesus there. And then he goes down a little bit further. And then he goes, "I rejoice in the Holy Spirit." Yeah. Meaning, not only are you written the written your name written in the family, you're going to have access to the kingdom now. Sure. So he's going, yep, you're in, and you get to be fully in, not because of what you do, but the grace you get in terms of the gift that I'm going to give you, which yeah. is the Holy Spirit. So we see this picture. What Jesus is really excited about is they are in the family, and they get to participate like full heirs to yeah. the throne today. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I'm glad you made that distinction because I think a lot of times we think, oh, like I'm in the family of God. I will receive that, uh, the blessing that comes with that when I die. Yeah. But uh, making that distinction of, yeah, we are our name's written in the book, but guess what? We are beneficiaries of that today right now, having access to grace, forgiveness, and the Spirit. So. Yes, the
1: one thing that I talk about a lot, and I think it's Keller who first offers this, Tim Keller, but it's this idea that he says the only person who can wake up a king at two o'clock in the morning, wake him up and ask him to wipe their bottom. I don't think Tim Keller offers that point, yeah. but I I, yeah, I think we can, is the king's three-year-old daughter, Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. right? Like,
1: okay. So there's a king and there's a kingdom and not yeah. many people get access to the king and all that yeah. stuff but the child can literally go and wake up the most powerful man in the kingdom mm-hmm. and ask him to do something like that wipe my bottle yeah. and the king will respond so it's like so when we see this we got to go your names and look you are full heirs of the throne of the living god yeah. who loves you and has made you whole and that is where your joy comes from that's yeah. what you that's where it is that is that's where this rejoice and grace this idea that the king of the universe hears me right now. Sure. Oh, he does more than hear you. He responds to yeah. you. So, like, that is where joy comes from. There is nothing you could do to make the king love you any more or any less. Like, you are a child of the Most High God. That's where joy comes from. That's the first thing. Second thing is, hey, it's going to be really neat to see some of the activities as a result. But let's start with the first thing that regardless, regardless of the circumstances around me, I am in the kingdom and yeah. God is my father. Yeah. So,
0: it's pretty liberating that that's not something we can earn or
1: lose. Um, yeah, it should yeah. be. Yeah. And, but it it's hard for us to get it. Like, even yeah. for me, it's like, okay, I get that. And I'm like, that's why these yeah. things really do matter. Because it is see, like, seeing the work of the Spirit in our sure. life that just affirms that. So I shared yes uh, this weekend, I had a really bad experience in my foot. Mm. I've been paralyzed for a year, unparalyzed for a year. I mean, it's been... I mean, really tragic for sure. someone who loves being active, loves sports, loves playing with my kids and all those kind of things. Couldn't play kickball, and then all of a sudden, get healing last last May, and then yeah. all of a sudden Saturday, it all goes away. Yeah. The pain's back, and they can't do anything. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm praying. The, the prayer team's praying, staff's praying, and I s- wholeheartedly believe that God supernaturally healed, healed yeah. me. But I don't think He just did it just so I can have a better life. I think that matters. The only wants me to thrive. But that moment is just a confirmation of these things. Mm-hmm. Not that he'll fix my problems. It's that the king hears me and yeah. loves me so much he met my needs in this moment. He might not do it in every way, but to me, that was just an affirmation of the <laughs> first thing that we're in the kingdom. Not, okay, now that I do this, I can pray in the name yeah. of Jesus and I'll, he'll be my genie in a bottle.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Um, thanks for sharing that story too. I thought it was interesting, even the timing of all yeah. that unfolding.
1: Um,
0: I have to ask, I know on uh, Sunday when you're preaching this sermon, you said you had a a funny story that you're going to cover in overtime, perhaps, regarding uh, just kind of getting the gates of heaven, this moment when, yeah, our names were in the book of life. What does that exactly mean? No, I just, yeah,
1: yes, I was just thinking about, like, I was thinking about Peter and the gate. Somehow there's these pearly gates and Peter's there and he's going to... You know, he literally is the, the bouncer into heaven, right? So <laughs> Some people get in, some people don't. You know, like, maybe you didn't dress nice enough or yeah. whatever it is. Like, there's <laughs> just this idea that one day, like, you'll get there, but you won't even know until that moment when you show up. And all of a sudden, he, he goes, yeah, you're in. And it's like this whole idea that, like... This idea that that's where we get our confirmation about heaven. It's like no, heaven comes to us. Yeah. We don't go to it. That's yeah. that's the big switch of it. Heaven came to us because we couldn't go to it, right? Yeah. And so I can remember like just all these stories about understanding heaven that way. And there's a song that I was thinking it was in my head, and I was like, I want to sing it, but it wouldn't help.
0: You guys, I don't know. Uh, it let us know if you want to hear Josh sing during the sermon in the chat. she would love to know. No, that.
1: but it's the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't get to heaven. Have you ever heard it? I've not. Who's it? It goes. Uh, I don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, like it's like an old song. And it's like got these funny lines. And It goes, Oh, you can't get to heaven. And the other guy goes, Oh, you can't get to heaven. And then say something like this on roller skates, on roller skates, because you'd roll right past and roll right by those pearly gates, you know. And so, so there's like all these different things. So I was gonna sing it, and you're like, um, Can't get to heaven in a rocking chair, a rocking chair won't get you there. Uh, and then can't get to heaven in a limousine, limousine, can't get to heaven in a limousine because the Lord don't sell. No gasoline, oh, right? Oh like, my gosh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Been and then, minutes um, minutes today too. yeah, so you had all these different things. But it's the like, one I remember is my <laughs> uh, my sister, who is 11 years older than I am, she would have she was a camp counselor at this camp. And the one that was like the riot that all the kids finally mm-hmm. got pumped up hundreds of kids it was, Oh, you can't, her name's Joni. Oh, you can't get to heaven in Joni's car. Joni's car. Mm-hmm. And then the quip was, Because Joni's car can't make it that far, yeah, right? Because so. it just was always broke down. It was yeah. this. Com- This is convertible Fiat. It's like a 70s or a 60s convertible Fiat. That's incredible. Like, yeah, cherry apple red. Uh, My dad literally put together the engine on our dining room table and put it in. Like, who gives their. 17 year old daughter a car that's you know a little British car that you but anyway so I was just thinking about that not anything important but that's that's what I was thinking about can't get to heaven in Joni's car because Joni's car won't make it make it that far so there's all sorts of them there's all sorts of different like lines washing machine I don't remember what the washing machine did oh the washing machine won't make you that clean that's fine so, yeah, yeah i'm gonna talk
0: to megan about bringing this into our worship set for soon. sure yeah. yeah yeah yeah
1: send her yeah you all should send her name on yeah, it just send her yeah, the yeah.
0: link to the song itself say can we please yeah. play this because she
1: struggles because there's not that many songs out there to use already yeah so you know, she yeah, needs, she needs help from
0: yeah. Everybody. <laughs> oh goodness gracious we'll hear from her later probably um all right uh yeah so um Talked about the joy, the source of the joy, firstly, was that their names were written in the book of life. Um, I like what you said. um, Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, That uh, your joy comes from being in my family, not by circumstances or anything of the liking. You're uh, you're in, you're in, nothing you you can do. Uh, You can't do anything to lose it or earn it. We are loved because we are family. Can you talk a little bit about what that means in terms of, um, I guess, this being a source of joy for them. But then also, what does that mean for us as a community of believers who are trying to navigate this and how we kind of both practice being in with those who are already in, but then those who perhaps have not identified as being participants or, you know, in on this, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it does make sense. And one of the dilemmas is pride is dangerous, right? And yeah. arrogance is, is, is annoying, yeah. right? Like this, this is not, it's not very desirable, but there is, And the correction from not seeming prideful or arrogant, there's been this overcorrection that we somehow think humility means not speaking these things Mm -hmm. or not having confidence in these things, right? Which is interesting because uh, so then the way that it it, it plays out in the church world and our lives is we think our job is to be humble. And the way that we're humble is to just talk about all the places we fail, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I'm not very good, man. I'm, you know, and we... (laughs) Kind of, or self-deprecating all that stuff, which yeah. I love, appreciate.
0: Yeah.
1: But when you think about it in that light, Now, I promise I'll get back to the question in this, yeah. the most humble person in the entire world ever was Jesus. Do you ever see him, like, talk about where he messes it up and, how like, our woe with him or, like, the, you know, the self-deprecating stuff? You sure. don't see it. You see in humility this real confidence in his Father. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so what I think is really, really important, and i I'm, wish I would have spent more time here, is even in verse uh, 19 or 18, he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then he says this, verse 19, behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Like you have the power over those things. They are not in charge of you. Mm -hmm. They are not your master. Mm -hmm. So when the enemy wants to tempt you to look at that, say that, you know, Drink that. Whatever it is. You actually have authority to say no. Yeah. Like, you really do. Like, that has no power. And then it even continues. And then he goes, and over the power of the enemy. And watch this. And nothing shall hurt you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing shall hurt you. And I'm going, ah, see, like, that's what it looks like to live in the kingdom. And that's the kind of confidence we have to have in the kingdom. Not because if you have lack confidence, good things won't happen. It's like, in in the history of the world, and all that is available to you, from this point forward, what Jesus is saying is nothing will hurt you. And you go, well, I've been hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But nothing can hurt you in God's kingdom. This is what it says. And nothing shall hurt you. So you, we got to wrestle with that and go, well, what does he mean? Yeah. Because people say mean things. You know, people do mean things. There are horrible things happening in this world. There sure. are tragic events. There is cancer and there's natural disasters. Those all seem to be things that hurt you. And it's yeah. like, a, I don't think Jesus is like, not aware of those things, or, you know, like, and not, not caring. But I think what he is saying here is that nothing can stand in the way between you and the king. Yeah. Like nothing, so your name's written in the book, and nothing can ever hurt your opportunity to be known and written in the book, you you are fully in, and so which is
0: the primary source of our joy. That's right. Then yeah,
1: yeah. again, so primary source of our joy and where our identity comes from, right? Yeah, so yeah. all sin, in some way, is rooted in. Us not either trusting God with our value or trusting God with our future, right? So I lie about my weight because I don't think I'm valuable enough or whatever weight it is, right? I lie about my resume or whatever it is because I'm going to think that I lie on my taxes, not because I think I'm more valuable, but because I don't trust Jesus with my future, right? I lie about that thing I could be caught in because I don't want to feel the consequences of that being going wrong because I don't trust that God has my future. And so in these moments, like all that gets solved and you can trust God fully because he has sent his son to to make you whole, right? To make us whole before God. So we can trust him with that and we can trust God with our future because what he says here is nothing will hurt me. Nothing will hurt me. So we have to go, what does that mean? Well, it means that we can live in the kingdom of God without fear of consequences. And that like... Everything will be made whole. You will be made right. There is nothing you can do to wreck your life at this point. And so all the fear that comes of that can be kind of thrown away because we get to live in the kingdom. So, yeah. But the other side of this is it comes with this confidence of being able to speak about the kingdom of God and see each other in the same light. So in some ways, the way that it really works well in community is I believe wholeheartedly that we are either— it's very binary in every interaction we have, we are doing one of two things at all times. We're either covering up someone's value, like mm-hmm. right? we're speaking death over them, or we're uncovering value. There is no in-between. And so what this means for the church family is every single day and every single moment we get to affirm that that someone's identity is fully in Christ and they are a loved child of God. That's why I really struggle with our website being clcfamily.church and mm-hmm. or anything's calling, talking about the family, and it's mm-hmm. going, you don't abandon family, right? And so you don't, you lean in fully. When things don't go the way you want to, you don't just kick them out of the family, right? Still you, family, yeah, 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 you're still family. And so, what certainly is a problem in our world is a lot of people feel and struggle with the abandonment because of either their decisions or someone else's. Sure. So, where this gets rooted the best is when we actually both lean in and go, we're family. Yeah. We're family. We may not get along with this. We may disagree. You may have done something that really hurts me. But in light of this, you are a child of the Most High God, and I'm a child of the Most High God. So both of our, both of us have God the Father yeah. as our dad, and, you know, uh, in the same kind of light analogy, Jesus as our big brother. Yeah. So we get to walk in the confidence of being known fully and loved fully, but now we have the responsibility to treat others in the same manner. Yeah. and so i think the church has a great opportunity to model what the kingdom of god looks like by the way we serve and care and love each other and hear me we're not giving people permission to make bad decisions because sure. as a family we care and love people and so we wrestle through those things together but we're also not reactive when someone points out a flaw because we're going no that's not my identity yeah. they just want me to live fully alive and yeah. joy and so community is, yeah. is a solution for that and that's why over the next several weeks even this new series, I'm going to keep challenging you to go, if we're brothers and sisters then let's start acting like it. Mm-hmm. Because as a dad, the thing I like the best is when the siblings get along.
0: Yeah, you talked about. I love life, right? that. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so, let's get along. Let's love each other. Let's circle up together. And so, um, that's why community groups is what we're calling them these days around our church. You may know them as small groups, or home fellowship groups. Those really really matter because yeah. that's what the kingdom of God looks like. Let's model family. Let's model loving each other well. Let's model being fully known and fully loved and fully seen. So, uh, so we said, hey, one of the things you can do is you can just let us know you want to be in a community group and we'll help you do it, or you can say, hey, I want to lead one, and we'll help you lead it. Or a simpler option, because the Holy Spirit lives in you, is you can just start circling up with your church family. And like literally, the, the sermon, all the sermons have discussion questions that are built with them, so you can yeah. start even having those conversations. Because I'm convinced on 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 two different manners, uh, one. Or three, actually. One, our, when we work in community together, we're more likely to see God at work because we can see it in our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier seeing someone else than we can see it ourselves sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. one, we see the evidence of God. Two, we can be fully and reminded daily that we matter to God because we are in his family, and we get to model that. So one, we get to see God at work. Two, we get to be fully known, fully seen, and fully loved. And then the third one is, I actually think this is probably the most intriguing part of making the gospel and, and Christ's bride um, attractive to to the greater community. It's not fancy music, funny teaching, hip stuff. It's wow, those folks really do love each other well and care for each other. And every single human in the world. They might say that they don't. This isn't true, but I promise you, it's true. Yeah. Every single human in the world wants a place to belong. Yeah. So, this seems to be the solution for all those things and being rooted in our identity of children of God and therefore brothers and sisters and heirs to the same throne. And we're not fighting over the level of inheritance because it's an infinite supply, mm. and we do it together. Yeah, so, that's mm, good. Yeah.
0: Uh, thanks for uh, working through that. A um, couple more questions. One, it's interesting that uh, that uh, the writer here, you know, uh, includes this detail of, hey, this is what brought the disciples joy, but then also, hey, this is what brought Jesus joy in this moment yeah. too. Uh, and a lot of it ha- had to do with the Holy Spirit, and uh, which I think I, we've talked about this in meetings. <laughs> that like, you uh, know, uh, I think you mentioned Francis Chan says like, oftentimes the Holy Spirit's like the forgotten God. Yeah, like, read a whole book of, on it. Yep. Yeah, we think of God the Father and Jesus, but like, hey, the Spirit's pretty important. And actually right here in this passage, the Holy Spirit is the source uh, in some ways of Jesus' joy. So can you talk a bit about that and how the Holy Spirit uh, enables us to both be in, but then also invite others into the kingdom of God?
1: Yeah, so uh, what he says in verse 21, and then kind of, uh, so when he's talking about hearing the Holy Spirit, which is really neat, so he goes, Father, uh, in that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, and what he says here is, I thank you, Father, of heaven and earth. Really, really important. He's going, you're the father of all this, meaning we all get to be included, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. So again, we go back to the analogy of kids, right? This is a heavenly Father who, who offers us the kids you know like us if like we can trust that he's going to cover us and protect us and feed us and make sure we're safe and nothing will harm yeah. us right yeah all those things but the the piece about the spirit most time when you see spirit stuff and we'll get there as we think about like them the signs and wonders of the mm-hmm. spirit right oh man like i the holy spirit and praying killed me right mm-hmm. like the holy spirit infused did something in my nerves yeah. that changed me on saturday don't know what it is so we think about that the holy spirit helps us and you know, speaking tongues and interpret the Holy Spirit's like fire, all those kind of things. But it looks like what Jesus is talking about here is actually what the Holy Spirit does in communicating to us, yeah. right? And so, when you think about, uh, there's a couple different ways that the Holy Spirit is described. One's a comforter, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, like that He provides comfort, peace that passes all understanding, and the other one's an advocate. Right? And so the advocate piece is really, really interesting because you know, the, the advocate is actually. So we have Jesus as an advocate who's advocating on our behalf to God but then we have this holy spirit who's advocating to us on behalf of god right so i'm sorry jesus is advocating to god on behalf of us father forgive them they don't know what they're doing you know like if you confess your sins god is faithful and just i forgive you you confess confess with your mouth god is faithful and just meaning god jesus says to god hey you're covered they're covered they're covered god i paid for that they're covered right so we have this advocate but then we also have this advocate the holy spirit who literally on behalf of god is revealing god's heart in God's nature, and God's plans to us. So the Spirit's really, really neat. The Spirit is comforting us, providing comfort in us, but also speaking on behalf of God to us and revealing God the Father on behalf of his Son, on on behalf of God to us, right? So as you think about it that way, what Jesus is really saying here is, Dad, I am... I'm so glad you made this known. And we know this. It's what's so interesting is, even as we think about it as a church, the biggest um, complaint, that's probably the wrong word, you know, uh, constructive criticism uh, that we get is on communication. Hey, we'd like to know more and like to know those things, and that's hard. And we try to do all the stuff we can. And, yeah. you know, Megan Graff does a phenomenal job helping us communicate to our church. But we hear it often, and what we go, what I go is that just means there's a bunch of people that want to know what's going on with their church family. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for wanting to know, yeah. right? So receive it because we know that communication is a valuable, valuable commodity. Sure. You want someone to be cared for them, communicate it to them. You want them to feel included. Well, then include them, right? And so we understand that. And so what Jesus is saying here is, Dad, I'm so thankful that every bit of our business and every bit of our agenda is made known to the people I love. Like, they're not... We're not manipulating them we're making we're fully disclosing everything yeah. to, to them not a good you know negotiation tactic but a great loving tactic and so what he's saying is i rejoice and that is known but he rejoices in the spirit that is known which therefore seems to imply that the way that we know these things is through the spirit yeah. and that's really really hard for us to go wait well how does the spirit work and i'm going oh, i can't quite explain it but i will tell you is the only reason that you can understand any of this is not because of your brilliant mind or mine. It's that the Holy Spirit, for some reason, has allowed you to get this. The Holy Spirit has allowed you to understand that God loves you. The Holy Spirit has allowed you to understand that Jesus died for you. All those things. Yeah. And so one of the things I tell everyone pretty often, I want to keep it out of time, um, is that we get that, a lot of times, we get really good feedback of, yeah. man, I now understand the Bible. Why didn't my old church do that? Or why didn't, yeah. well, I wish I would have understood all these things when I was growing up. No yeah. one told me those things. And some ways, I go, hey, that's really nice of you. We are pretty intentional about making sure, every, regardless of what your stage in the spiritual journey, that you can understand what's going on. That's why there's typically a long review, all those kind of things, to make sure everybody everybody is, has a seat at the table to understand. And so there might be some of that. But I think it, what's actually happening is the reason all of a sudden the Gospels are clicking for you isn't because you finally showed up a church with brilliant teaching or... Yeah. Clever, you know, illustrations or felt felt boards. (laughs) (laughs) It's because the Holy Spirit has decided to make that known to you at this time in this way. And so what Jesus is really celebrating is that his brothers and sisters get all the information and are included. So you go, well, why, why is that what he's rejoicing in? Because he loves his family. Yeah. That's it. Like, he loves you as his family. So what he's really rejoicing in is that God, through the Spirit, has made this known to you because he looks at you and he goes, oh, I'm so happy the Holy Spirit told you this and that you get this because that means you and I will hang out forever. Meaning if Jesus could literally spend a lifetime with just you, just hanging out, playing chess, jumping rope, whatever it is, and still have infinite time still available everyone's everyone. It's like he sees you. Not as like collectively with everyone else he sees you as an individual so what he is really rejoicing in right this moment is that the holy spirit has made this known to you so that you can be in the family so his greatest joy is when you become a part of this family yeah which when is so great I'm in, right? yeah I mean, so our greatest joy is that we get to be in the family and he's yeah. like that's crazy that's my greatest joy too yeah, right and then you go well how does that happen Through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: So now, uh, near the end of your sermon, you talked about this metaphor, which I think um, perhaps some can resonate with, this idea. um, You brought up this image of a door and how God is knocking uh, and how we are going through so many different doors to try and find what God's already trying to offer us. Can you talk a bit about that? Because I think, you know, I think I can definitely look at points in my life where I said, man, I remember a time when I knocked on that door, on that door, on that door, and none of them uh, was what I was looking for. Um, but then encountering God, encountering faith, community, and ultimately yeah. Christ uh, kind of uh, was that niche. Yeah. So could you talk a bit about that? Yeah, let
1: me offer another one as well. So, like, maybe you've done it. I know everybody's done it at some point. you got sunglasses there on top of your head. yeah, yeah. And you're looking all over for him, like you just. I always know where yeah, my sunglasses yeah, are. Well, yeah, that's great. I'm glad yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad your pride saves <laughs> you. Uh, and so, um, but like, so you're looking all over and looking yeah. in the drawers, looking, you know, everywhere, looking in your car. The reality is, you could look everywhere and you're never going to find it. Sure. Because it's already there, yeah. right on your head, yeah. right. And so. And we can actually have pure motives of going, God, we just want to find you. We just want to find you. And we just want to find you. So we're looking everywhere. We're looking everywhere. And then we, you know, then we have these analogies of ask and seek and knock. And that's not looking for Jesus. That's, you know, about prayer. It's going, you already have Jesus. Why don't you start continuing to talk to him instead of you do the opposite? You go and look for solutions everywhere else. So you're looking to ask and seek and knock at other people's doors. And Jesus has already entered your door. And so it's like, ah, yeah, we're missing the focus there. But But I think most of us do. Even... Real pure motives of just wanting to please Jesus that we're just convinced that if we could just find the right passage in the scriptures or find the right moment Uh and all these different things. And what's so crazy is like when when, uh, Jesus, through his buddy John the Beloved, writes these seven letters to the church. One, he writes to the church at Laodicea, and this is where he calls them lukewarm. And he is, I mean, pretty aggressive. Yeah. And I just want to spit you on <laughs> my mouth, literally vomit you because yeah. it's such a bad taste, right? So he offers that and going, hey, you can't be lukewarm. You got to return to your first love, all that kind of stuff. And then he says this. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm. In other words, you're lukewarm, my opinion here, not Jesus's. I mean, maybe it is, but this is just my interpretation of this. You're looking for all those different things. And what it really has done is you have, you have got this buffet You have stuff that you're doing kind of average. Yeah instead of just pausing and going i shouldn't be doing that i shouldn't be doing that i shouldn't be working on that i shouldn't be trying that i shouldn't be trying that thinking that those things are going to be the solution Mm -hmm. instead i should just pause and go came returned to jesus returned to that love and then that's where he goes behold i stand the door knock in other words like it's not your job to open all the doors right it's just not and i shared this a couple weeks ago like even in my like journey of introspection of god i got to find every part of my brokenness. I got to feel all the pain and, you know, do all these different things. So I'm just searching and searching and searching my own heart instead of just going, God, would you come in and would you search my heart? Yeah. Right? He's just much better at searching than yeah. you are. And he has a much better answer than you do. And he knows the next right thing. So instead of us spending all of our energy trying to find the thing that's going to fix the thing, whether it's spiritual or secular, instead, what we really should do is just receive this. Yeah. I just pause it's pretty simple and open the door and behold he stands at the door knocking if you'll and open it he'll enter and get this and he will dine with you it's not like he in then he doesn't say I'll save you he's going I'll dine with you meaning yeah. we're siblings like I'll come in I'll eat with you your only response to this is not to go do the big massive search and look and see all these things your response just to open the door, feel yeah. safe enough and open to enough that this could actually be how God saves you through the Spirit in Jesus, right? And so you just open the door. Yeah. And he says, "Behold, I'll stand at the door and knock, and if anyone will open, I'll enter and die them, uh, dine with them." Right? And then you got you know another passage that I shared on Sunday that Jesus in his big teaching sermon on the Mount, saying this is what it looked like to have faith and live in the kingdom of God. He says, you know, that our our responsibility is to seek first mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, Jesus' in Seek first. And that word first uh, in the Greek can be kind of explained in two different ways. It could be um, first in sequence, like one comes before two, January before February, oh, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's how we teach that. Well, that just means you have to pray in the beginning of the day. And you go, oh, I forgot. I guess yeah. I can't seek God first. Or the other way, which I'm pretty confident this is how Jesus is communicating it, and it should be translated, is it is seek first means that upon which everything else hinges. Hmm. So what he's saying is, look, you're trying to knock on all the doors, do all the things, fix all the things. Then, then you're going to try to do that and then rejoice that you did a couple of those things well. He's going, no, no, here's what you should do. Just seek first my kingdom sure. and my righteousness. And then all these things, all these things, shall be added unto you. Meaning, it's not like Jesus doesn't care about you thriving and having joy and your family not having harm and you living fully alive. He mm-hmm. cares about all those things. He's just explaining that the only entrance to all those things is actually the kingdom of God. Sure. So we don't go and find all the other things and then add the kingdom of God on top of it. Mm-hmm. We go and find the kingdom of God and then allow Jesus to take follows. care of the rest of the things. Yeah. So it's so... I mean, it makes perfect sense yeah. when we're willing to do it. We can't just stuff Jesus into our already crammed box of all the things, all yeah. the trinkets we built. We just go, nope, let's just start with the kingdom of God and let's let him take care of it. Yeah. And he wants to, and he will, and the Spirit will do work in you, but it still requires just one thing. You open the door and you let him in. Yeah. So. Which,
0: which... You come to think of it, is a lot easier than what we're trying to do anyway. Yeah. And we don't even get the fruit of what we're trying to do when we do it our way. So yeah. just making it as simple as, hey, open the door, welcome me in, and then you will find what you've been looking yeah. for this whole time. It's pretty good. Um, I have one more question, yeah. and then uh, you can share anything else that you might have. So I, I, I know you were talking. We were talking to staff meeting earlier, and you mentioned this idea of like, uh, ought versus, uh, you know, ought to do versus what do we do? And so uh, how to, yeah. Your how to. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So um, we just wrapped up the series, and if you could kind of leave people, um, leave you know our church family with just kind of hey you know this is the next step for you to take or this is the next thing for you to do to participate yeah. to um to re- to experience the kingdom of god today not tomorrow what you know what could we walk away with and i guess if i don't, I don't like summing up big you know yeah. series no, 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 one it's helpful. Thing, but appreciate if you that. could help us out with that what would that look like Yes,
1: yeah, so a couple thoughts what i shared in staff today is rick warren a decade or more ago saddleback church purpose-driven life guy and he said uh the preachers spend a lot of times telling people what they ought to do, but not how to do it, right? And so um, one of the things that we're working on real deeply in our staff right now is going, what is it that we want to do every single time someone interacts with our church? Whether that's in in a service or online or at a movie or, you know, disc golf. And so what we're kind of working towards is we just want to help everyone, every single person. Uh, make their or take their next right step with jesus right Uh, next right step whatever that is and so we're going okay what is that so i think this is kind of okay what is your next right step and here's what i'd say um the whole series seven weeks was trying to convince you to lean in not go out right lean in lean in lean in you'll be sent out but lean in instead of not not pull away and so here's what's so so important the kingdom of god was built for community absolute community Right? And the biggest issues in our world right now, biggest issues, are an absence of hope, which comes from an absence of community. Right? Like, even if you think about, and I'll give a very specific next step, I promise. Uh, when you think about addiction, there's a lot of data out there that now says sobriety is not the opposite of addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get sober. The opposite of addic- addiction is actually connection oh, really? just connection. So, think about this. Think about all the folks who struggle with uh, addictions. Where do you do it? You do it alone. Yeah, you actually yeah. started doing those things with other people because it's like, oh, this is a good community. But when it gets to the point that you know that it is gonna like it's causing harm and you still can't go away, that's stuff you do in private. Yeah, yeah. So the solution and they're seeing it in all sorts of recovery programs is not just go you know, dig in their hole and figure out in your head and figure out what your parents did to you that made you feel empty and go solve that and then everything's good. They are realizing that the way by which it happens is you find loving community that helps helps you get rooted in your identity and helps hold you accountable along the way. Like in yeah. Hebrews 3, it literally says, encourage one another daily as long as it's today so that no one becomes hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, when you're not being encouraged daily in community, that the byproduct of that is actually a hard heart, mm-hmm. which then leads us to damage in our own life and others and so addiction the solution for addiction is connection and it makes sense because when you read throughout the scriptures even in this jesus sent them out but he sent them out in pairs right there's not just one by themselves they were not loners they went in community in pairs and then they found more community so they went from these 12 in pairs of two and they come back with at least 10 more with them Mm -hmm. right and then when these 36 sets come back They go out and they come back with about 300. Not only were they sent in community, they were sent to build more community. So, the kingdom expands in that way. And we know this because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit were in perfect community with infinite amounts of love and what they decided to do is actually uh, create objects to receive that love. That's, you know, humans. And so, God was all about community and all about expanding his community and his kingdom. So, the, the solution to what's going on in our world, which... Uh, despair and loneliness are at the highest level of those things. Suicide rates are uh, absurdly high, yeah, particularly yeah. even for, you know, teens and adolescents. I mean, it's devastating, yeah. and so we're seeing that all over the place. It's this is deep level of despair, and people are saying they're they are more alone and more isolated than they've ever been, even with digital stuff. So you go. That is the opposite of what it looks like in Kingdom. So Jesus sends them out in pairs, and they come and they rejoice that the Holy Spirit has made something known to them. What the Holy Spirit made known to them is that they were loved and cared for, and their names were in community. They are written in community. So all that to be said, your next right step is to find Christian community. Next right step. So if that means you need our help, email me. Josh at clcfamily.church. We will help you find community. Or maybe it's time for you to Listen to the Holy Spirit and just invite two or three or four more people to come to church with you, to watch this Overtime podcast and talk about it later. Watch a sermon, talk about it later. Go to Write No Media, watch a Bible study and talk about it or read a book and talk about it. The key, though, is that you lean into community where you love each other the way that Christ loves you. You serve each other and you you tell them there's nothing they could do to ever make you love them any less or any more, right? So your next right step is in community. Now, if you're already in community, your next right step is to figure out a way to expand that community. Mm-hmm. So either it's time to lean in, right? I'm in. That's the way that the fire burns. So you have to get in community. And I'm not trying to shame you in this. It's not about shame. I'm just telling you. You're looking for joy It's found in the community right? And kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, community. Heaven starts now and it starts in community. So find community. If you already have community, it's time for you to talk with your community about how do you expand it to include more people. Maybe it's splitting up in pairs and being sent out. Maybe it's splitting in half and doing that. So if you're in community, it's time for you to start figuring out how to create a bandwidth for more people to be included in that community so the Holy Spirit can speak to them and he can help them identify what it looks like to be rooted fully in Jesus' love and be a part of Jesus' family. If if they're made in the image of God, then Jesus wants them in their family. So either find community, let us help you, or expand community. Again, we can help you, but those seem to be, as you read to the scriptures, the next right step. We've been really isolated. It's time to lean all the way back in. And here's what's really interesting is I am suspicious that what I'm telling you right now is what the Holy Spirit's been telling you for months. So I, I think you're going to hear this and go, yep, I know. Yep, yep, God. I'm supposed to be in community. Yep, God, I'm supposed to be known. Yep, I... And it's not because he's shaming you, but because he really does want you to return rejoicing, and that's going to happen in community where you see the work of the Spirit. And so I implore you, I beg you, with pretty please, with sugar on top and throw on a cherry, whatever, whatever's necessary there to go. Can you be known in community, and could you help us expand community for our church? That's where this thing's going to grow, not... And just a bunch of people coming and sitting in rows, because. Uh, but when people start loving each other in circles and yeah. doing that well, so that's what I'd leave you with.
0: That's awesome. That's a really good way to wrap up uh, the series I'm in. Uh, this weekend we start a new series called Better. Did you ever mention anything about that before we sign off? Yeah, or- since we have
1: a minute, I'll yeah. actually show you the promo in just a second. But the whole idea is. You get to make decisions in the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so each and every week, nine, ten weeks in a row, all throughout the summer, we will help you take the next right step in leaning into community, leaning into the kingdom. And so it's all about you having choices and making the better choice. But here's the good news. You're not going to make it by yourself. We'll help you. But even greater than that, the Holy Spirit will be there. So here is the promo for better. Welcome to the Research Labs of
0: Better Today, we're taking a look of two of our test subjects. Martin has asked Julie on a first date. Let's take a look. Hey, I am so excited to see this movie. I've heard so much about it. I love you. Okay. Too soon. Let's see what it looks like with better. Hey, I am so excited to see this movie. I've heard so much about it. Me too. When life hands you choices, choose better. So that's next week. Super excited about that series. Hope you guys will join us for that. Once again, want to remind you guys that, hey, if you're looking for community and one of the ways that Josh mentioned, or if you want to, you know, uh, take a smaller step, uh, you can connect with us on CLC Family Message Board. Uh, so go ahead, visit www.clcfamily.com dot church slash message board or once again you can go to church slash community dash groups to learn more about those opportunities so uh that's all we got for episode 85 we'll see you guys right here next week